house have officially turned. Mm-hmm. I was late tonight. Wow. If the episode is cut short and abbreviated because it's 11 o'clock at night, tonight it's my fault. So, mm-hmm. hey. Sometimes after working six days in a row, you just go, hey, you know what I don't want to do? Be here anymore. We got to go. You know, I had a feeling this was going to happen, actually. What? That you were going to be a man of your word this week uh-huh. and leave work on time uh-huh. because you're going on vacation for a little while. Mm-hmm. And usually when that happens, you bolt out of there like, like Speedy Gonzalez. I'm like, we got to fucking go! So I, I did have a feeling you were going to be on time. And I fully intended to be on time, but I got a little delayed. Yeah, it happens. I got a little delayed Delays because happen. because I uh, I went to the gym before this. Wow. And then I still had to go home and eat dinner and catch a bus. And uh-huh. it kind of it threw my rhythm off a little bit. Well. I know the bus schedule intuitively, and I knew I was cutting it close with the 7:45. Yeah, and I certainly cut it too close. Oh no, I t- I, so I, I was on the 8:02. I uh, kept tabs. I used I did the reverse thing. I, I checked on your where's my to see if I had to be like hey because I also I got off of the train. I had to move my car this morning. I was like oh, Jesus oh. Christ, this is a disaster. Turns out, what a treat, what a dream. I parked it. For today's street cleaning. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'll get off at Kosciuszko. I have to go pick up my laundry. Like, I told them I would pick up this morning. LOL. I slept in. No, thank you. And then I was like, oh, no, I'll take it to, I'll go to Kosciuszko, not Myrtle Broadway. Because I forgot I parked my car on a different street. And I just walked and I was like, oh, that's my car. Oh, I don't have to walk to go get my laundry. Oh, wow. Great. Let's throw this. Sh- let's go. Wow. That's hyper efficient. So. I was like, ooh. Yeah, what what is it? Is it Mercury in retrograde right now or something? No, that's over for w- whatever. Uh, what? Or it's what? over for a while. Oh, okay. I feel like there's a Mercury in retrograde every two months. I think it's chillaxed for 2024. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. I mean, the rest of the world is going to shit. You know, we it is an election year, so the the last thing we need is the planets aligned against us. Yeah, we don't need all that. Yeah, no. So. That's good. Yeah. I wow. did a little loop, picked up my shit, and then I was like, ooh, great. And I got mm. a I got a spot. I forgot that Monday is a holiday. Yes, Monday is a I, holiday. I tried to, you know, con my sweet, sweet boyfriend into moving my car. He's very hesitant. He doesn't drive, correct? He can. But he doesn't. Correct. Yeah, the, those type of people are the most tentative about moving the car. I'm like, you just have to put it in the other place. I feel like you could... Get a hillbilly from West Virginia. And they'd be like, woohoo! Never set foot outside the state, and they would have no problem parallel parking their car in New York City. But people that have lived here for more than a decade with a valid driver's license, uh-huh. but don't, quote unquote, don't drive, yeah. they're the ones to watch out for. I also was like, just move it during the street cleaning and then just put it right back. It's like, what? I'm like, yeah, just hang out for an hour and a half. Is this leading up to the idea that Martin Luther King Day is saving you from having Absolutely, to move at all? Absolutely, yes. That's yeah. fantastic. I forgot that it was Monday, and I was like, oh, that's why I booked this during this weekend. Wow, so did you get a Monday-Thursday spot, and now you're you're cruising through oh, the rest of next week? Bitch. That's nice. I come back, I'll get dropped off, and I'll move my car for the next day. Oh, amazing. Can't wait. Well, since we're doing the car talk segment you right buy a car? at the top. Yes, I did. I bought the car today. I got the title at home. I'm going to the DMV first thing in the morning tomorrow. Ooh. I'm getting plates, Ooh. putting it on, picking up the car. I'll have the car end of day tomorrow. Are you going to just drive it home then? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. uh, apparently, DMV news for those in New York. I haven't been to the DMV since 2012 when I got my license the first time. Oh, yeah. Because you can renew your license by 
online or mail. So oh, yeah, and you yeah. use the same photo. So I, you know, little baby me is still on my li- my second or third license. I don't even know, mm. but I haven't been to the DMV since then. And back then, the way it used to work was you pulled the paper ticket like it was 1971. Oh no, you. You make an appointment online now, baby. Yeah, and and you had to sit there in like a horde of 350 very angry people with a lot of angry attendants and not miss your number, and it was very hectic. At Atlantic Terminal, a wonderful place to be. You know, I'm not going to Atlantic Terminal because I'm still going to work tomorrow, so I'm going oh. to the Midtown DMV. I'm actually hoping that that will work to my advantage. That's going to work to your advantage. Why yeah. people in Manhattan don't drive? Don't drive, and if they do, their assistants are the ones going to the DMV. Mm, can't send an assistant to the DMV. Yeah, you pretty much can, I think. Mm. I, I have a lot to get into with the logistics of car buying in New York. And mm. it, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't talk about it publicly, but yeah, we'll, maybe we'll find out. It might be after show material. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so my online research and then confirmation from the mechanic I bought this car from uh, seems to suggest that the DMV is hyper-efficient now. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, you'll be in and out in like 15, 20 minutes oh, and yeah. you'll have your plates. I was like, yeah. they don't have to like mail them to you? No. I mean, in a lot of states, this isn't true. In Ohio, it's 10 you days. You have to mail those shits, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to be driving around with a piece of paper for a while, but no. I think they might be stampers. They might have like a stamping machine and they're just like... Oh, the, well, I mean, Rikers is right there. Mm-hmm. The prisoner, the, you know, that's a short pipeline. The last mile problem that we've discussed on the podcast. You don't have that in New York City. You just lock up a teen for marijuana possession and boom, Not license anymore. plate. Not Midtown anymore. DMV. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I You'd think, think those guys would be the ones that were trying to tunnel places, but... <laughs> that's a different I was going to wonder when we were going to get there because <laughs> the story just gets wilder. I couldn't help myself. That's an insane story. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ugh. But so, yeah, I, Ugh. you know, uh, the car, okay? Yeah. I, obviously, I've been circling this drain for a month and a half now. Yeah. Even longer. What was the final price? The final price was seventy five hundred. Fine, great, love it. That's that's what we you know we ended up landing on that. What I didn't realize until very late stages of negotiation was that I'd been talking to the mechanic shop this whole time. They were just facilitating the sale on behalf of one of their regular uh, customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. I thought they had purchased the car from the customer and were reselling it, but no. The customer's getting all the money, and they're taking a tiny, tiny cut just to oh, facilitate just to, yeah. the sale and, like, hold the car. Like a 10%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, y- you know, I didn't realize I was negotiating with somebody that I'd never met. Right. And, and But, you know, landing on 7500 hey, that wasn't so bad. At the end of the day, they kind of wore me down. I didn't, you know, when that final, like, offer came in, I was like, fine, whatever. You got a $500 discount. I got a $700 discount. So I think that's not bad. That's, that's basically 10%. just like paying for the title. Well, get this. I am going to get into it on the show because we're on the topic. Great. So I, I go in there today. I test drove the car this morning. Okay. And uh, I was waiting for some money to transfer between accounts. So mm-hmm. I couldn't get the cash right away. And I was like, I'll come back later with the money. Yeah. And I come back later with a giant envelope of cash. I think it's the most cash I've ever had in my hand yeah, at one time. Yeah. It was a fat stack of hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't just get like a cashier's check? No, it had to be cash cash because of this weird oh, the private t- the 1099 transaction. Fuckery. No, I think just because, y- you know, the client, or not the client, why do I keep saying that? I'm in work mode too. Mm. Um the owner of the vehicle not being there, I think they just wanted it to be as easy to transfer the money as possible. Because right. who am I writing this out to? Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, they're right, just right, like, yeah. just give it to us, we'll give it to them the next yeah. time they're here, type of thing. So I go and I deal with a completely new person now, as soon as I have to sign paperwork. I've been mm-hmm. dealing with the same two guys the whole time, and now, and now it's a different guy. I'm yeah. like, okay. 
Um, the guy's very friendly, but you know, there's something about, I'm just going to say it. There's something about like working class New Yorkers, like with the accent that is like inherently untrustworthy. Mm. I, I, that's just the vibe that I get. I'm not saying I like really believe that, if that makes sense. It's just there's something greasy about being in the back room of a mechanic shop with a new person you're dealing with who's like, you know, sweaty and balding, but he's grinning at you and telling you everything's wonderful and you're handing him a big pile of money. And he's like, where are you from? Oh, you're from Brooklyn. I thought you were from somewhere else. And I'm like, okay. We're doing important paperwork. Enough no. banter. You Let's know what I mean? Yeah. And like, be serious with me because this isn't pennies for me. And right. he's not giving shit. He doesn't care. Yeah. So long story short, we're signing all the papers. He's like, what do you want me to put down as the price? And I get what he's getting at immediately because you don't pay the sales tax when you buy a used car. Right. You pay the sales tax at the DMV. So I understand the intent. And I'm like, hey, man, that's really nice. But I don't know what to tell you because I would say tell them zero. You know? Yeah. No, you can't. And. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, I bought the car for seventy five hundred. I'm thinking he's gonna knock a thousand, fifteen hundred off. Five grand. Put five grand, yeah. right? No, he's like, ah, I'll put two. Oh, tax evasion. Okay. So, welcome to my life. So <coughs> yeah, th- that that <clears throat> cuts the tax bill way way down yeah. because New York State and city taxes are fucking out of control. For local taxes, they're very very expensive. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. So that was an additional discount because, you know, the registration and plating and all these subsequent fees are an arm and a leg in and of themselves. 500 bucks for registration and plating? No, no, not even, not even. But oh. s- but still... It's like 250 Yeah. But still, it's like, I just I just emptied my bank account, essentially. And mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. Put some stuff on the credit card and thank the Lord for zero APY for 15 months. Well... Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go handle all that tomorrow and it'll be done with. You know, in a way, I, I, I'm so apprehensive about it. I'm a natural pessimist when it comes to something like this because I'm like, I'm going to get fucked. I'm going to get rear-ended. It's going to get totaled two weeks from now. Who cares? It, I care because it's a lot of money. I, I paid them the money. Yeah, but insurance will cover it. And no, they you. won't. I don't have collision. I don't have shit on my insurance. Are you kidding me? I have state minimum liability. Oh. If, if anything happens, the other car gets paid for and I get squat. So... That's not great. No, um, that's not great. I'm hoping that after I am a customer of a certain insurance company for a six-month period that I can renegotiate a new rate and perhaps put Collision on there Yeah. with a lower with a lower price, Collision and a, what do they call it, comprehensive even. Mm-hmm. You, don't you know, I would like that for the first couple of years. You know, it's one thing once you've driven the car for a couple of years. Yeah. It's already 16 years old. Like, it doesn't have a lot of cash value. It's yeah. just more like I want to be able to drive it. You yes, know what I mean? Correct. So I have shitty insurance for a while. I have to just tolerate that yeah. and be very careful with the car. I'm also worried about things like theft. Catalytic converters get stolen, especially from hybrids. So I mean, you could also just park your car on the street and someone T-bones it somehow. Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even have to be an incident I'm involved in, but like a fucking Amazon truck backed into my last one. It's like that shit happens all the time, you know? Right. And I don't really care if it's just cosmetic. I understand that it's going to get scratched and banged up. But, you know, if a headlight gets actually broken, that ain't cheap. I should have gotten you a bumper, buddy. Mm. I hate those. Well, wait till... I sometimes tap those cars just for funsies when I'm parallel parking. JK. Oh, jeez. Wow. I'm not implicating myself in potential crimes. We've all all tapped a stranger on the street, you know? Yeah, I drive away immediately, Mm -hmm. duh. Or I just go, hmm, no. Call me there. maple syrup because I'm tapping strangers. Um, the amount of strangers I've tapped. 
PP. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on the other hand though. Once I got it all over with, once I was like, fine, okay, you know, basically ten grand evaporated in an instant. Yeah, and that feels bad. But it only feels bad for a little while, and then you're like, okay. It feels bad until you're driving to the grocery store, and yeah. you're like, sick. In the rain. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, no, yeah. it'll be worth it. And after I test drove the car and got a, a real another real solid look at it, I was like, damn, this car is sick. And I know that because it's my exact same car from before, and I'm like, yeah. the inside of this is in way better condition than my last one. It doesn't have duct tape around one of the seatbelts. It's not missing all of the headpieces illegally from the back seat. Uh, the seatbelts aren't fraying. There's not, like, you know, stains all over the interior. Right. Um, it's Brian, got you a, stained your car, or you did? This? I did this probably. Oh god! It also was just old in the first place. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's got a better radio than my last car. The mm-hmm. air conditioning and heat actually work. They don't just uh, blow. Have air. to be blasting or yeah. off. That was oh, the last uh-huh. setting on my car. You either had to turn the fan up to four, or it was off, which was a nightmare. That's what I have to do. I have to recharge my air conditioner in my car for summer. Yes, I don't have to recharge the air conditioner anymore. It just is there, and it will work for a while, which is great. Mm. The battery of the car is brand new. The fact that it's hybrid is awesome. Mm. I was when I was driving it around today. You know, is it quieter? Uh, no, not not notably quieter. But the gas tank was almost on E, oh. and and I was driving it around. I th- at first I thought I had a check engine light right. because the little the little light up thing was on, and I was like, "What's that?" You know, I'm in the car with one of the guys, like. What is that? Is that a gas tank problem? You know, I had a lot of check engine lights on my last escape. Don't fool me. And he's like, he's like, oh no, it just means you're low on gas, but it doesn't matter. We're under thirty miles an hour this whole test drive. Like, who cares? Yeah. And then we went on the West Side Highway for a second so I could check it out above that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I I will never have to get gas. I mean, very rarely ever have to get gas. That's nice. So. I don't know. I'm just hoping nobody steals my catalytic converter or tries to steal no this fucking car. No one's going to do that. Jesus Christ. I might go 1970s style and get one of those bars that you put around the steering wheel. Ron recommended that to me. A club? Yeah, I think I'm going to do that, honestly. The club is having a resurgence, and I don't know why. Well, because um, it, the, because cities are hellholes, and cars get stolen and broken into, man. It's just a reality. No one's stealing your fucking car. They might steal this car. Plus, I just have more skin in the game this time. If my last car got stolen, I didn't pay a dime for that car. Right. You know? Who cares? So, I paid, you know, to remove it from the insurance, it's gone. I paid probably $20,000 with, you know, interest, et cetera, for my car. Yeah. I treated her like shit the whole time. Well, yeah, I know, but you were in Ohio back back in the Bush era. It was safer then. Yeah, and that was your car's pr- peak years. After that, I mean, it's all great. I put expensive gas in her for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You put that Iraq war gas in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, four oh nine a gallon. Yeah, for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like, mm, we'll ride you, we'll ride you out while that that light comes on, and I'm like, eh, I can get like three trips out of it. It's fine. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I'm just hoping nothing happens to this no, fucking thing, at least for a while. So no, it'll be okay. Yeah. Just summer. I don't know. I will say, I have been noticing. Do maybe don't drive it on the very rainy days because I was in a cab. Tuesday. Uh-huh. People drive like dick bags. Well, that's always true. No, it's it's worse in the rain. It's like driving in California in the rain. Like they all everyone forgets how to drive and you're like again, hmm. we're not in LA. 
We Does have it have weather. something to do with... Well, Tuesday was a particularly bad day. You do know that. It wasn't that bad. It didn't feel that bad, but it was really high winds, and there was like torrential rain in a lot of places. It was... It was we got it kind of bad. It was drizzling but. when we were in the car. Hmm. I don't know. And then later in the day, apparently someone hydroplaned on 6th Avenue and smacked a pedestrian, and they launched up in the air and landed through uh, oh, someone's Jesus. back windshield. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like video game stuff. Somebody GTA'd it. Yeah. They hit a pros and, you know, yeah. got got a two stars. I've heard a lot of, like, stories of people, like, hitting people and they go, just go flying. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean, that is a real thing. There's a lot of force behind a car. Mm-hmm. You know, my new car weighs uh, 3,700 pounds. You hit a 200-pound object with a 3,700-pound object, it's probably going to fly How does it carry you? You're, you're pretty close to that. All right, easy. <laughs> I'm not pretty close to that. I weighed myself today at the gym oh. because uh, I was just curious. I haven't weighed they myself have in a long time. Yeah, they have a scale in the locker room. Ooh. It's like a doctor style scale, the old school kind. You got to do the click clicks, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of like that. That's but pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, I came in at uh, one seventy two and a half, which is way lower than yeah. I thought. Yeah, I thought I was uh, I, on all the machines. I'd been putting in my weight as one eighty because sometimes they ask you, mm-hmm. and that is not true. I'm one seventy two point five. Which is not bad, but I don't know if I trust the doctor scale, to be totally honest. I, I want to get a digital scale and really find out. The digital scales uh, weigh water very heavily. Oh, is that why the doctor scale is better? Because it's weighing all the matter yeah. like evenly? Uh-huh. It's just using like mechanics and physics to, S- to yeah, get Something about number. it is maybe... Because, I don't know, like, if you have a full bladder on a digital scale, they're like fatty yeah. and then you go pee and you're like i lost 10 pounds huh. like it just there's something about it like because i've done that like i've pre-gym 163 fat ass and then you're like okay well i just went for a run and you're like 154 oh wow yeah yeah. And i'm yeah. like that's too big of a difference to make any sense I'm like this is useless like what the fuck is this yeah 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 no no that's true digital scales are different day to day too sometimes when i'm up at the connecticut uh chateau I like the digital scale there, but it's literally different every day. And no, it's like it's, this doesn't it's different every five yeah, minutes. This doesn't make any sense. No. So absolutely not. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So how's your fitness journey? Is it good? Um, it's okay. Yeah. Do you recommend the blink? Um, blink is good, but it, it's really, really busy after actually the last couple times it hasn't been that bad. But the first few times I went, it was very, very busy after work. Um that's the only downside of it, but I was told uh, that, number one, that's January, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the way it is, and a lot of that will fall off. And I feel like I'm already starting to see that, to be honest. Um, you can tell who the January people are, and I'm not excluding myself from that category. I'm yeah. definitely one of them, but like the gym regulars and the January people are very, two very distinct groups. It's very obvious. Right. Uh, the other day... I was in there and I saw a couple come in that were clearly January people. You know, they they were not ba- in bad shape or anything. They were just like scrawny hipster types with like very improper gear. The moment they got upstairs, I saw them look around really skeptically. The guy did one machine while his girlfriend watched and then they left. And I got the impression that it was just because they were scared and they didn't know what was going on. What the fuck? I was sympathetic to them. I, I was mean, like, I get it, but like, this is an alienating experience even if you've done it before, but having not done it before, you know, if you're like fresh faced and you're going to a New York gym, cause this ain't no P fit in Mayfield. 
You right. know what I mean? A crowded pee fit in Mayfield is the is the About chillest yeah. that a New York gym will ever get. I'm talking there's almost no machines at all, including treadmills. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything is packed. You're yeah. waiting for everything. Yeah. So the fitness journey is good to answer your question. The only downside is it does take longer than I would like because I do end up having to wait for things. I hate that. And by waiting for things, what I mean is I just stay on the machine I'm on for longer than I want to until the one I want is open and then right. I like basically run to it. Yes. I went to the Canal Street Planet Fitness because I have That seems like might it might be the worst one. I'm just judging based off of the McDonald's on Canal Street. It's five blocks away. Okay. So no. But you know what I'm saying. The vibes on Canal Street can uh, be what it's uh, yeah. yeah yeah. Um no 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 it it on the app it always looks like it's empty. So I was like, oh, okay, that just that's a, a little bump. Okay, I can go. But I got distracted like I was I had to take, you know, my employees out for dinner last night, holiday oh. dinner, whatever. Um so I was like, I'm taking a half day, I can't do this all day. Like, bye bye. I'll see you all later. Came home, then was like, Okay, I'll go back, go to the gym, and then go to dinner. So did you have to shower at the P fit? I was going to try. I forgot flip flops. Oh yeah, that's. The and then I thing. hit all the gift shops on Canal, and no one sold flip flops. And I'm like, out of season. I know. I was like, you fuckers. Like you sell all the stupid shit. Not yeah. a single flip flop. No. Ugh, anyway. Now's the time for fake moon boots and uh, I don't know what a Louis Vuitton beanie. I even went. To, oh, I even went to a Foot Locker, and they were like, "Do you want these Yeezy slides?" And I was like, "Nope." Um, wow, the guy showering in Yeezy slides. Th- that fits in perfectly on Canal Street. Yeah, the out-of-place of, yeah. gay man in Yeezy slides yep. showering. Just going like, <laughs> I just spent $70 on this bullshit. Yeah. Um, no, I just was like, okay, I'll go. Just, I won't run then. Fine. Yeah. I won't do cardio. Okay, so you're just doing weights, minimal yeah, perspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even still, it was so packed. And they still had the same problem of every other machine was broken. So you're waiting for teenagers to get off of their phones. Yes. And I was like, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do here? And I was a little like, I don't know where anything is, but I was still like snapped into it. And then was like, still has fucking teenagers doing nothing, sitting on leg machines. Yes. And then creepy guy on ab machine just staring directly into my soul. Oh, no. In jeans. <laughs> and I'm like, I... The working out in jeans, I mean, that's a real thing. All types, too. Yeah, I was yeah. like, my guy, what the fuck? Like... I don't know. People do some weird shit around there. I, I had to explain the gym teens to Ree the other day, because she claims to have heard about this, too, but ha- never encountered them. And I started encountering the gym teens immediately. Yeah. I'm like, are they still on Christmas break, or what the fuck? No. Because they just come and do this but there's like packs of three or four of them so they'll even if they're using a machine and not just sitting on it it takes them fucking an hour because the four of them just cycle through like sets and like start the line over again but they cycle through the slowest sets known to man they do and they also just hang out on their phones on there yeah so the other day you know, I'm explaining the gym teens, and then the uh, she claims that she doesn't see him. I don't know. Work from home, people. If you can go whenever you want to go, if you I, go at one o'clock or yeah, two o'clock, you're, you're not, not seeing anybody. Seeing them. Yeah. But so the other day, I see the gym teens again, and very much to her credit, a tiny Asian lesbian walks up to them and is like, "Guys, I've been waiting for this. Like, you're done." Love that. And they her. meekly walked away. Like, if you call the gym teens out, it seems like they'll immediately fold. 
you know? They're like a table at a picnic. Fold them up, put them away. I mean, if you're a tank lesbian rolling up to teens, they're afraid of you. I, I mean, think. she was probably 4'11 and like 85 pounds, and she was like, I've had enough. But also, she was a woman in yeah. teenage boys against a woman who could beat the shit out of them. Well, just the look in her eye was enough to know. Like, yeah. That was a thousand yards stare. You don't fuck with it. Yeah. And they, they, they left. Yeah. You know? Mm-mm. But yeah, they are a real problem. Luckily, it's only really the weight machines. If you're into yeah. interested in doing cardio, they're not really in the way. Oh, they're never doing cardio. Are you no. fucking kidding me? Yeah. No. I get the sense that I need to get into free weights, actually, if I don't want to wait so much. Uh, the free weights seem incredibly available. Oh, I mean, if they're, they're available, that's great. There's lots of people using Are them. Are benches available, but there's though? there's lots and lots of them. Um, that's a little harder. You probably have to they're, wait for that's that. That's the fucking problem. Or even, like, the, the Smith machines are always yeah. filled. There's plenty you can do, though, without a bench, even. I mean, if you just want to do, like, bicep curls, you don't need shit to do that. You can just stand there and do that. Yeah. A bench is probably better if you're interested in, like, super proper form or whatever. But at this point, for me, it doesn't really matter. Just doing anything. Yeah, but it can fuck your back up. Like, I'm... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm confident enough that I can, like, you know, not not do it in such an awkward way that I'm going to injure myself. Because I'm not going to do that much weight either. It's really not that big of a deal. But I've taken your advice. This is my last piece of gym. I've taken your advice and hit the rowing machine really hard. I do like the rowing machine. It's great. It's very difficult, though. You have to have good form in order for it to work. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just hard, you know? Yeah. I I can go like 10 or 15 minutes on it. 10's enough. Um, but I just go by the meters. I usually do... I would do like 2,000 meters. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been doing... Uh, well, here's my thing about all the machines at the gym, especially cardio machines. I've developed a system that I think is really good uh, for mental fortitude as well as your workout, which is usually there's two or three different metrics on a machine, right? Yeah. It'll tell you like distance, time, and calories burned, for example. Calories are stupid. Never pay attention. So I pick one to start with, and I say, okay, my target is 10 minutes. And when I get to 10 minutes, I then look at the calories, and let's say it's at 185 calories. I say, okay, I'm going to 200. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then when I get to 200 calories, I look at the third metric and it say it's distance and mm-hmm. it says, you know, 3.1 miles. I go, OK, I'm going to 3.5. So I do. I do whatever I set out to do, plus two more like steps. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. And it works for everything. So with the rowing machine, I did that, too. I was like, I'm going to do the rowing machine for 10 minutes. And I did it for 10 minutes and it was a little over 2000. So I was like, oh, go yeah. to 2500. Yeah, Yeah. And that was like 13 minutes or whatever. Yeah. You know. But I do that on everything, and that I feel like that's a good strategy. It just makes you not be a pussy. It's like just keep going a little also, bit farther than you feel like you can. But it's also like the idea of like doing it till you can't, like which is a good thing for reps. Yeah. Like I like to do them until I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get your three sets in, and then you can try to do a fourth, and then if you're like, LOL, no. Yeah. Then call it. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think what I'll do... I'll use this last little bit of black P-Fit in Ohio because, again, there's no one there. Um, And then just be like, hi, this is a shit show. I can't do this anymore. These are dirty. Everything is dirty and everything's broken. I'll be going to the place with towels. Goodbye. Yeah, so you're going to go to the blink down down near where we used to live. No, there's a new one on Broadway. Oh, wow. New blink. That would be great. Yeah, I'm like, no one's gonna come here. Like, or they'll go to the gate. Like, there's very and or there's the other one on the first, like the Marcy stop. So it's like, there's a lot of diffusion. So n- 
a bunch of people won't swarm it. And I'm like, okay, I think that's the ideal. You know what? That is true. That's a that's good thinking. That's a good strategy. And then I'll just use it until it gets busy. Yeah. And then I'll be like, fuck oh. it, fine. You know, I can't it. compare it to a New York P fit, but I but I think I can say that so far so good. I think I think Blink is definitely worth the money. I well, I, machines that, are definitely not broken ever i i, I, I noticed a partially broken bike like it wasn't unusable but the pedal was like a little bit loose i just switched machines but yeah. I, I came back the next day and it was better so it doesn't take weeks no. yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah um no i think i think that's the move because like the idea of like doing something before work is very enticing because mm-hmm. it's like oh just shower before you go to sleep wake up go to the gym shower and then just go yeah can't do that if you have to bring a towel no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm dancing around showering at the gym. I haven't really had cause to do it yet, but I keep thinking the same thing. It would be nice to go in the morning because I just guarantee you there's less people. I know that there's always go-getters out there that get up early in the morning, but there's only so many of those people. I, there's no way no. it's it's Not busier. Not six in the morning or seven in the morning. Yeah. No. Um, But that would require showering there, and I just don't have the stuff for that. I mean, you got to bring flip-flops, and I just don't know how much I want to carry with me all the time. It's just a, like another bag. Yeah, I know. It is eh, what it is. We'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, situation developing. We'll report back on that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What's your big plans for Ohio? Outlet Mall Eat? I mean, yeah, come on. What same as it always is. Where are you going to go, Aladdin's? No, I probably won't. Where <clears> are you going to go to that French place, Labatross? I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. I don't know. I I like everything changes, everything closes, everything's weird. And I'm always like uh, the old yeah. people go to sleep early. I'm like so we can't go to dinner at like 7. Mhm. Cuz they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah. What do they do? Early bird special like 4:30 like at five. the diner." And I'm like, yeah. "What the fuck are we doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. It's just like Hi, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it like, always is. How long are you there? You're coming back, what, like Monday? Monday morning. Oh, nice. That's not, <clears throat> that's not even long. No, it's three days over a weekend. I'm like, oh, things are going to be busy. That will be simply adequate. It's enough time. In terms of time, yeah. What I want to do is like go to Costco, get my parents a Costco membership. That I you can mooch like off it. of? Absolutely. Well, it's a fa- you know, family. But, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just be like, we're going to sign you up for co- I think they'll love it. Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, where's my card? Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. There you go. Done. Perfect. Everybody wins. 60 bucks and everybody wins. <coughs> you know? I have to look into it further because I only got a glance at it via a Reddit post, but apparently you can get car insurance through Costco. Oh, yeah. You and can it's get a very good yeah. deal. Uh, that might be worth my while. Mm. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get gla- an eye thing. An eye thing? What is an eye, eye checkup? Oh, you can do that at Costco? Not at Costco. Oh. You can do it at Costco. They have an optometrist there? They do. Like a, the Walmart used to have that. When I was a little kid, I they used still to go have to the Walmart optometrist. They still have that at Walmart. Oh. No, I, no, I go to you know, the actual eye doctor. Thank you so much. Oh, I see. Um, But it's so much cheaper. In Ohio, it's cheaper. Oh, hell yeah. Well, your insurance doesn't cover this? VSP sucks. Oh, okay. VSP sucks dick. Wow. Not in the good way with teeth. Oh, what? That's bad. Yeah. It's shitty insurance. Oh, not in the good way. With teeth, I see. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Boy, that's one way to describe it. Okay. Um, but I can. Well, do it. hey, it's but I can do it, and they have those lens crafters that like things are done in an hour, which we yes. don't have in New York because they don't have the space. 
Well, that's why you have to go to the you know the app based ones. But I guess those don't even come. You those don't g- even yeah, come. They, they fucking suck. They're and fast, but they don't come right away. I'll say this too: the Warby eyeglasses have been giving me a headache recently, in a way that like these don't. Uh huh. Because they cost a fucking arm and a leg. Yeah. And the Haywares didn't either. You know that's true. I, 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 I think the Warbies are not. I'm good. sympathetic. I have uh, two newish pairs of glasses, and they're ostensibly like exactly the same measurements and width, but the one gives me a headache, and the one I'm wearing doesn't. It's fi- and it's because they're too narrow, and I don't know if it's because you know. Does it fuck up the pupil distance or th- something? Like I have a hard time reading if I look down. I I think I think well I I didn't realize you were talking about the lenses. The, the le- lenses are fucking me up. My lenses have been okay. I haven't noticed anything. I was talking about their frames basically just come in small, medium, and large. Yeah. And I have fat head. You don't get the wide ones? Well, I do. But the wide ones for different frame styles are not according to your yeah. head size. Right. They're just like a McDonald's order, order. They're like, oh, you ordered the supersized Kelvin yeah. or whatever. And that one's smaller than the supersized like Andrea. Oh, And yeah. you're like, fuck. Well, it's too small for me. I, How was I supposed to know that? Because the people who doing there are just like, who are measuring you aren't measuring your head either. No, exactly. There's no phrenology there. Uh, yeah, no, that's what that's what we need. We need that hayware phrenology, that lens crafters phrenology. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that's, I mean, plus I can maybe be like, mommy, buy me glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I lost my sunglasses. You did? How'd you lose them? They were loose in my pocket, like my jacket pocket. Oh, through no. through jacket on bed at Christmas party. And then next morning, I'm oh, like, where the fuck are my sunglasses? I'm like, oops. I was also turned at a gay bar at two in the morning. So, like, could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. It's somewhere in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's that's my plan. I have to remember to do that. Oh, wow. I would. It's a tragedy to lose your prescription sunnies. They were 20 bucks. I, I mean, you can fuck. get you can get more, but still, that, that's a beloved object. I that's lo- a useful thing. I logged into Zenny and I was like, do you want to reorder them? I was like, honestly, yes. Yeah, nice. Um, can we talk movies for a moment? Yeah. It's, it's that time. Sure. I've been also watching a lot of them recently. You watched Saltburn, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned it the last time we were talking. Did we talk about... We all, talked about the cum it. bathtub. Oh. Did That's we talk all about anybody's all of talking us? about. It's stupid. That movie sucks. Okay, good. Um, I don't feel like watching it. It's not good. I haven't even seen the trailer, but I looked at the synopsis because it's just been so all over the place, and I was yeah. like, I don't know. No, it's not good. Anyway. No. Um... Watch all of us strangers. What is that? I'm really out of the loop on movies. I have to be honest. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Hot Priest from Fleabag, Andrew Scott, okay. Paul Mezcal, Irish Sad Face. Oh, hmm. I don't know if I know who the second guy is, but that's all right. Afterburn. Didn't see it. Normal people. Why has everything got burn in the title? No, fucking no. Anyways, okay. Um, that was really good. So that's the one I saw on Christmas Eve. Cried. Wow. Is it like an arty like drama movie? What are we it's talking about? It's a drama, about? gay drama. Uh-huh. Gay drama about grief. Oh, okay. Yeah. It'll get you. Um, mm. Shot really beautifully. Great score. It's about the dangers of falling into a K-hole. Oh, that, really? That's my, no. The Matthew Perry story? Not, no. <laughs> that's my joke about it because it, it gets weird. It's weird. It gets weird. It's about a guy, a gay who sees ghosts. That's kind of a cool premise, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Um... And then saw Poor Things the other day. 
por- oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Stone. I, yeah. Again, I keep seeing like posters for this, and it seems like a real phenomenon. But I have like zero interest in it. I again, I've never seen a trailer. I don't know what it's about. I just it's really good. Really. Uh, well, the premise is lady commits suicide, jumps off a bridge, and then Willem Dafoe, who's basically like a Frankenstein person, uh-huh. uh huh. He finds the body in the water, fishes her out. Uh, but the the suicidal lady was prego. Oh, a little bit spoilery, but you kind of I don't what, care. Hey, whatever. Um, takes the baby brain, puts it in the adult woman's brain, so it, she's an adult bodied woman like learning how to be a wow. human uh-huh and it's all in black and white until she fucks for the first time and then it's in color from there oh wow but the set design the set design is beautiful like wild Interesting. that's really that's the a guy moral who did the conundrum to oh it's the same person yorgos lanthimos oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. i liked the lobster that's yeah. like a particular did weird sense of humor i did see the favorite yeah. i liked that too yeah um Oh, okay. I'd probably like it then. It was good. It was long, but it was like good. Yeah. I was shocked. Hmm. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. It's wow. You've been going to the theater. Yeah. Damn. You're a theater boy. I'm going to Broadway. Going to Moulin Rouge. Fag. On February 17th. <laughs> it's not up to me. <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been to Broadway shows before, but this is the particular wow. one. The straight man is the theater gay? Yeah, apparently, yeah. I mean, wow. I've seen all the mainstream stuff, you know. Lion King, Wicked. I did want to see Titanic. There's a play of that? It's told from the point of view of Celine Dion. Oh, you mentioned this to me at one point a while back. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. We got to break the ice with Broadway. And I don't think it's a bad idea to see a classic like that. Like something that's been around for like 20 years. That's fine. It'll be fun. It'll be good and it'll be, it can't be, right? What? Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, Talk about gay. So that's a good way to break the ice. But then, you know, if 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 my SO ends up liking going to Broadway in general, then you can start going to weirder stuff. I don't think it's a good idea for a first timer to go to like a limited run, like conceptual production. I'm or not shocked. Yeah. I'm not saying that like the Titanic from Celine Dion's perspective is exactly like the most highbrow thing in the world. Oh, it's very it's a comedy. Yeah, but it's like, eh, yeah, that's not the experience you want to give somebody. You want you want it to be off Broadway, a little the over the top, yeah. you know. So we'll see, because there's plenty of things I've wanted to see in the past. Like Daniel Craig was in some weird drama, you oh. know. Apparently, Here Lies Love was good. Oh, I don't know. What that it was is. about Imelda Marcos. Oh, hmm. I'm but trying like, to think. It's immersive theater, so you're in like a club pit. In the middle of it, yeah. So yeah, that, and that's I'm like, not very no, attractive. That's not very attractive. That's close to, to cats, and I don't like that. There's yeah. some sort of like dinner theater thing that's very popular where y- you get like Tony and Tina's Italian wedding. No, you get like separate. You, you know, if you go as a couple, you get like deliberately separated, and you each have different experiences, oh, and then you come back around. F- it's it's closing now. Uh, shit, what's it called? I don't remember the name of it. Well, you, we'll think of it, but God, yeah. So Old. you know, stuff like that is. I don't know. I I would do it. I think, but it's not exactly my bag. We I had the same conversation when we went to Los Sleep No More. Sleep No More. That's what it's called. Yeah, thank God that's closing. That's yeah. some tra- Every theater kid in at NYU does like a part time job there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, I yeah. think it would be okay, but 
you know, when we went to Vegas, we were having a similar conversation because my mom was really uh, pushing for us to go to this, or maybe it was my sister, I can't remember, pushing for us to go to this one show that she knew someone who, like, acted in it. But the thing about the show was that there's a lot of audience participation. Like, it was a smaller show, and they do a lot of interaction, and I was like, no, 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 no. No, thank you. I want to see people dance in the water from, like, 500 feet away. And occasionally they like swing over you on a trapeze, and that's about the extent of the engagement. Splash the musical, you know. I know what do we see? Uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. It was one of the Cirque du Soleil's, but it was water. I think it was O, maybe. It's been it's been in Las oh. Vegas for years. Anyways, I'm trying to think back to movies because I've been I watched a couple movies lately too, but now I'm struggling to remember what they were. Apparently, Maestro is bad. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix. Uh, I had no, I had no interest movie, in that yeah. really. I mean, other than Bradley Cooper got in trouble because he had Junos in it, yeah. and people didn't like that. But it's just, it's a movie. Isn't that okay to it's do? It's supposed to be Lenny Bernstein. Like, what's, yeah. what's the big deal? Who cares? Actors play people. <laughs> but know, if you I put a prosthetic on. I mean, Nicole Kidman did it for the hours, so like... Yeah, that's right. Virginia Woolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was... I mean, are we accusing the Australians of whitewashing? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Mm. Well... Um, <laughs> if Australians become a new category of POC that's distinct from white, I kind of support that. If the identity politics is going to get out of control, let's take it to the limit. In the caste system of white people, the Australians are at the bottom. They, that's we all know that's this. absolutely true. They're going to do your cocaine and take over all of your bars. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we know this. Um, oh, one of the movies I watched was called The Unknown Country. We happened to be given the password to, like, I think Criterion or something. It's like one of these, like, you know highfalutin streaming services that has limited stuff but this was a, this was a really good movie it was all like um it was all kind of shot like on a real but like on a real budget i bet the whole movie didn't even cost a million dollars but mm. it, it's about a road trip speaking of grieving um a young woman's grandmother who she'd been like in home living with and caring for dies and she goes on a road trip from minneapolis to texas like from minneapolis to houston Ooh, that's a bitch okay and yeah. she's native american so oh. along the way she's like stopping at the reservation she grew up on but hasn't been there for 25 years like meeting family members she didn't know and it's all like really quiet very very minimal dialogue and it's kind of the the main narrative is kind of intercut with all of these little encounters that she has, like with a guy at a gas station, with a waitress at a diner, and there's these voiceovers that take place as she's driving of those minor characters hmm. who are not actors. So oh. they just used like real people and kind of like have these little documentary snippets about these real people's lives as she's on this fictional road trip grieving oh. her grandmother it was kind of a cool mix of things that i'd never seen before that worked really well because like you know on a budget what are you going to do you yeah. can't like hire a cast so there's only maybe four or five like real actors in it and yeah. then everybody else in group scenes you and at little encounters of, yeah. are just real people yeah. but they're the best and most yeah. authentic part of the movie they better be you know like the gas station attendant guy is just like you're, you first meet him when she goes in and gets gas and he's like really bubbly and kind of like cracking jokes and stuff. And then it's, you know, it's the, the little VO as she drives away from him is just about like how he met his boyfriend and, you know, how, how nice their life is together. Hmm. And he's just like a gas station attendant in Wyoming, like a real guy. 
Huh. And you're like, wow, this is like beautiful. Interesting. So I don't know. That was that was a really In cool Wyoming? movie. I liked that a lot. Very broke back. Um, but he's not a very. The interesting thing about him is he's not a very broke back guy. Like he seems like he would live in Hell's Kitchen, oh. but he's like way out there. You know, it's it's the internet has ruined that. Yeah. Um, huh. Uh, I kind of want to see Zone of Interest. Kind of don't. What's that about? It's basically like like in the trailer. It's like, what would you do to keep your family safe? It's a Nazi movie about Germans being. Germans or Austrians trying to be like, oh, what do we do? Is it a period piece? Is it yeah. a World War II period piece? Period oh, piece. I would definitely want to see that. And it's like, apparently people are like, are we not talking about this? Because it's like, oopsies. Oh, uh, well, that's too bad because it does I'm seem like, pretty relevant. we all watch Sound of Music. I mean, Jesus Christ, same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's told from a different perspective, though, right? Yeah, their song I'm not super familiar with Sound of Music, but that's told from the Jewish Aust- perspective. Austrians. I thought they were Jewish, though. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. okay. Those white people? Mm. No. Um, oh, so, you know, I had no idea this was out. I would love to see it's that. Inter- it's at uh, Angelica. I'm like, ooh, that seems... Like, we're watching the trailer before uh, Poor Things, and Adam goes, is that a Nazi movie? And I'm like, I think, yeah. But it kind of mm. looks interesting. He's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, well, well, not only is it kind of, like, topical uh, to, you know current politics or trends yeah. trends in the world or whatever it's interesting to me that we might be getting far enough away from world war ii in other words enough of the people involved have died that you can start like revisiting uh pre-war and and, and pre-war and mid-war germany from a sympathetic perspective well it's like well i think it's like a whole idea or an like, investigative what do you perspective do, yeah what do you do when this is happening around you yeah 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 and it's like, I mean, is that that far from an American perspective at this point where you're like, hey, we're doing some bad stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's only the present, man. It just happens to encapsulate the, pre- the yeah. past and the future. It's never the same, but yeah. there are echoes, certainly. Well, it's like, like well, now it's uh, in the contemporary, everything is so divorced. It's like, like, I guess my tax dollars are do- doing terrible things. Well, it's also just like, it? I'm not, you know, I, I just, I think I might've mentioned it on a pod a while back. I'm really World War II pilled right now, as I always am. But because of my introduction to audiobooks, I mean, I've been doing nothing but listening to like 37 hour long World War II material for months and months and months. <sighs> but I think I mentioned to you that I listened to a really, really lengthy, well-known autobiography, or not autobiography, biography of Hitler by a historian named John Toland. Ooh. And it's interesting thinking about it relative to to now and, and certain things that definitely do echo. But what I don't get the sense that there was in the German public at that time was the out and out like clownishness of, you know, the analogs today, whether you want to say that's Trump or whoever, like or Bolsonaro, like all of these Millet, that guy in Argentina, like all of these figures that are the absolute goof, the big threats yeah. are like they're just they're media savvy and charismatic. And, and Hitler was that, but they're clowns. I don't think he was really perceived as a clown. I really don't. I think his inner circle perceived him as more clownish than the public did. But I think the public in Germany, it was just a different environment. I mean, most Nazis were World War One veterans, you know? Ooh. They were hardened people. They're called thuggish historically, like, for a reason. Like, people were legitimately afraid of them because they were violent. 
and because they had a will to power like yeah. the, the, there's a reason that that phrase is so often like pulled from Nietzsche and applied to that uh, that era not only did they use it they actually did that like yeah they you know, the night of the long knives is not happening under Donald Trump guys he's not killing his own inner circle to like consolidate his power uh, you really think that no, he's just firing them so they can go on dancing with the stars so when we say like what's happening around us or whatever and like how we think about how we think about that i don't know the parallels are not there for me mm. not yeah. exactly like just because something is reactionary doesn't make make it nazified and that's a big mistake that i think since World War II has like kind of hung over the heads of anybody thinking about politics or history is that for good reason, people are very afraid of far right things. But Fair, yeah. I don't think of course, in a broader, yeah. uh, broader view of history that goes outside the 20th century, that reactionary always means like complete tragedy. It doesn't, you know, I mean, mm. or the form that it takes is not so severe every time. I think the more sinister things are the quieter things. I agree with this, yes. You know, like, the the louder it is, the dumber it is, and you're like, you know, like, it's, you know, like, prop comedy. Yeah. You know, if you have to, you know, smash a watermelon, is it that funny? Right. But it can also be, like, really funny. Like, for whatever reason, Gallagher hit, you know... I know, obviously you're alluding to that, but yeah. it's like Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, if if you really get, are yeah. thinking about it, it's like that stuff has broad appeal for a reason because that's, that's going on charisma alone <laughs> in a certain way. But that but charisma alone can't carry you shit. You have to be fully cunt. You have to have uniqueness, nerve, and talent. No, no, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you can't just be one. Otherwise, you're just unt. Yes, yes. That's not my phrase. I stole that from an esteemed queen. Um, but... I, li- I like that as a no, thing. No, it's, it's a like, great frame. You can be device. charismatic, but like, for what? Like, you're not, you ain't shit. I forget um, where I read this. It might have been from one of these books, or it might have been from a blog or something. But there, there's a there's a fascinating like speculative idea that uh, if we are really living in a certain era or a certain kind of like stagnant era, you know, where technology only develops like a little bit. You know, economics is kind of stalled out. We don't really know how to, like, pull the right levers and all of this stuff. One reason for that might be that because of Adolf Hitler, there's a fear of, uh, seriously, there's a fear of charisma in in leaders. That when, you know, he was full cunt, right? He was. Uh, But the charisma part of it was his most, like, vibrant selling point. Lacking in the talent category, gotta say. Uh, well, not uh, not necessarily. You'd be surprised. I mean, it, I think that we, bitch couldn't cartwheel. I think we tend to look at the fascists from the '30s as untalented because they ended up losing. But if you asked somebody in 1941 if Hitler was talented, they would say yes, and he was. <sighs> he was more brilliant than his own generals until he invaded Russia. Like, everything they did in World War II to seize the rest of Europe minus Britain was his idea. Yeah, but I think most of it is just like, hey, too much nerve. Uh, But, hey, you got to have the full package, and he had it for a time. Mm. So my point about charisma is that I think people tend to shy away from that. We want our leaders now to be more neutral and professional, which is why people are so threatened by somebody like Trump, who is is neither neutral nor professional, right? Doesn't even have the charisma anymore. Can't carry. You know, he's he's 
he's bringing it back. They just had like a Republican debate a night or two ago. And at the same time, Trump did a town hall instead. Watch the two things side by side and tell me Trump doesn't still got it. He does. Ew. So I, I'm not speaking, uh, you know, it that that is about as close to an objective assessment as you can get those two things back to back. You don't even have to take my word for it. But just go tell me if you laugh at it, one and not but it's at the still, other. One. But it's still all clown show is what I was going to just get to. Like, you know, like one is a dry clown show. One is very wet. And you're like, eh, I still don't give a shit. Well, well the, my, my point was I'm, anyway, I'm leveling like, with you. I, I don't I don't disagree with anything you're saying. But the point is the fear of charisma also saps a lot of energy from like a lot of life force from a civilization. You know, on a certain level, you need that. Like. Julius Caesar's not looked at as like a, a farce, but he had a lot of charisma. You know, sometimes that's good. Like Steve Jobs, full right. cunt. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, a mean motherfucker. You know, like secretly very mean in business dealings. Like, mm-hmm. and oh, you know, people are only now speaking ill of the dead. You know, because it's like, uh, hey, like he could cut you if he wanted because he knew he had more money than god yeah yeah like it doesn't matter and not even like vc money like oh no we have cash in ireland for this yeah yeah i will just buy you no exactly well but it's an important point that you need distance from someone like it is important that people die and i and i think it's i think it's interesting that finally when the generations that had skin in the game are gone i wonder what the what the new histories of the first half of the 20th century will look like i think they're going to look a lot different and I and I, I think that our current moment is part of the reason for that. The end of history ended, right? So the narrative about World War II has to change, a- a- and it will. Well, I, it's not know? just necessarily about World War II. Like this is what uh, uh, what's it called? Poor Things is actually like a really good like capsule of because you're like, is this the twenties? Is this the thirties? Because it's kind of like a futurism version of the way back but it's still art deco yeah yeah but not like it's if deco actually like did its job yeah it just sounds stylized like in the same sense that a Chris, uh, tim burton movie is a stylized version of like dixonian right, 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 right. Yeah. like and it's just like well if you have the like and even like of the victorian era like if you know the logic of their wacky science ever like came into a real right, fruition right, right you know like i think like playing with ideas of history to get to core like stories of humanness are now rife to play with yeah in a way that like may december like get fucked who cares about mary kayla turno like it doesn't matter like oh i watched that movie too by the way did you see that no um it was good I mean, it's very, it's Todd Haynes. It's very much one of his movies. And I I liked it because it's one of the first movies I've seen in a long time that made no effort to resolve the the story at all. Um, And it's not exactly about Mary Kay Letourneau. Speaking of alternate histories, it's just sort of loosely based on that. But it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, Well, the guy was apparently very mad. He's like, they didn't consult me. The teen. Oh, really? The well, real life teen. Who like, cares? It wasn't about him. It, it wasn't about a biopic. Like I'm sure this happens all the. Well, we know this happens all the time. Yeah. Twenty three year olds who went to education school. Right. Never really wanted to leave high school anyway, and they still wanted to, you know, fuck the 
I was going to say the football cheerleader captain, but I didn't know what that was. Uh, the quarterback, you know, like yeah, yeah. they're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Like a lot of the, the, the reason I thought that movie was good was that the psychosexual dynamic in the movie is mostly unspoken, but still really forward. It's just all done through like the score and the, and the, the nonverbal acting. It's really good. Um, because the premise of it is that Natalie Portman's an actress studying for the role of this woman. So there's like this meta element to it, too. And it's really hard to tell. Her performance is amazing. It's really hard to tell whether she's like sincerely interested in these people or whether she's just kind of like mirroring them to practice for her role. Like it's right. It, and it never gets clear what is what. Like the reality of the situation is always like tenuous and just kind of felt in the silences between people it's 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 better than you'd think um i'm not saying it's the best movie in the world but when it when it comes to this idea of like sort of um just slightly off timelines right or just just slightly skewed from reality things i think those like slices of what could be yeah are are really interesting i think it's weird that it's all like that this is the kind of like like again i like this idea of like the slices of reality like kind of shifting in and out it's almost a magical realism yeah return which is you know very early 90s kind of trope um but i'll try to get this done in the couple minutes that we have left but so i've been reading a lot about deleuze lately um I'm going to I think I'm going to dip my toe into cuz I have copies of Deleuze books like I have Anti-Oedipus, I have Capitalism and Schizophrenia. Mm. Actually, that's the subtitle of two different books. Um anyway, I've been reading a lot about him because I was on a Baudrillard kick for a second. And then I found an yeah. in, I found an interesting thread that was like Actually, Baudrillard is just like a really watered down Deleuze, and the way it was articulated poppy, made yeah. a lot of sense to me. And so I started looking into it more. Um, this idea about like slices, I, I said earlier in the conversation, like there's only the present, and it's just it encapsulates the past and the future. You know, that's a ph- philosophical idea, like as old as time. I'm sure there's Greeks that had that same notion. One foot in the past the past one foot in the future pissing on today come on well but what you know but when it comes to something like more metaphysical and fundamental not just like you know a, a poppy op- optimistic way to live your life but as a way of like thinking about what the underlying nature of reality might actually be mm. you know that the that the arrow of time is not is not really there yeah. that's just like in a an after effect of a lot of simultaneity so when you're talking about like slicing things out and just like warping reality a little bit, one of the ideas that fascinated me most uh, from, I think, Difference in Repetition, Deleuze's mm. first book, was um, w- was the idea that like when you, when you think about how much information has been described since the dawn of modernity, right? Like the Enlightenment, the 1500s through like the atomic bomb, right? Basically, in all of that time, all the low-hanging fruit, everything describable, almost, in the universe got described and itemized. And the only reason that like any of that means anything is that you take one category of thing and compare it to something else. So the whole thrust of difference and repetition is that it's not the individual items 
themselves that are interesting. It's the space between them because you can only categorize things by comparing them to something else and finding out what's in between, right? The, the French love that in betweenness, but it because but it's the indescribable. Yes, but it, but that's really meaningful as you get farther along from the discovery of all the low hanging fruit mm. because there's more and more information as we all know in the internet age. But that just means that difference becomes harder. Difference with no concept becomes harder and harder to really fathom because everything you can possibly consider is mediated by a representation of it. So it it makes sense to me that a lot of movies would come out as like alternate histories or these uh, slightly speculative takes on real life stories because you can't, really do anything original you're only dealing through you're only dealing through representations on representations yeah so when movies or any work of art like actually sort of incorporates that into its frame it can get a lot closer to something newish like i would say that about may december that that i don't think it was like totally groundbreaking or anything but it definitely felt weirder than any like mainstream streaming movie that I've seen in a long time. And it sounds like a lot of the things that you've seen might be resonating with you in a similar way that people are kind of realizing, like you can't just go back and reference. In other words, no more reboots in terms of movies, no, no more direct appropriation in terms of visual art, right? right? Like that stuff's kind of falling flat because that well has been exhausted. Well, that well is also like, did you really need to do it? Well, like, it just doesn't point anything out anymore. Right. The whole title of the book, Difference and Repetition, is about the you know idea that repetition is actually really transgressive because by simply repeating something, you're pointing out difference itself. Hmm. Because no two things are ever exactly identical. Like if you break it down to the atoms they're made yeah. of, they're not. So when you do something directly appropriative, you're kind of like opening this space to pure difference, right? But hmm. that has been going on since the 1960s. I mean, that book came out in 68. That's the height of pop art. You know, yeah, it came out in 68, but it's in reaction to things that started happening in the late 50s. Sure. But, uh, and obviously, like, you know, repetitious things for their own sake at first might be revolutionary, but then they get absorbed. You know, they just... Get, uh, they play with commodity, but it then are immediately commoditized. And they and the, that flow of capital can kind of like run on fumes for sixty years. But now we're kind of exhausted of it. And like it's not yeah, it's not fun anymore to play with it. And you know, back to the point about like this Hitler movie, or you know, just you know, speculative histories. It's like it's not about Hitler. I think it's just about Germans. Just about Germans, but I mean he's the he's the elephant the in the specter, room of yeah. the movie, yeah. of course, as as he is to a lot of things, like whether you know it or not. Um well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like we're getting far enough away from really critical things and that the ground has shifted under all of our feet just enough to like make, you know, between all of the catastrophes of the last, you know, 15 or 20 years, like that has shifted people's nature enough to make it visible. Well, I think we're out of, we're outside of the realm of escape. Like I want to go and experience culture to escape or whatever. Yeah. I think it's now just this return, not, you know, 
to use a, another Marvel thing, just in terms of big, bo- like we're not doing, you know, it's not also it's not also what ifs because even that's like well, that's just an alternative. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like what if same, but well, you know, just shift. That's just simple variation. That's not yeah. really. That's not even really an alternative take on anything it's the same take with a different skin the the rules are the same Mm -hmm. you can't do that but like i like the idea of imagining like what like okay it is at you know there's something intrinsically human to story like stories that we tell and we've told the same stories forever right like not what if what happens if you take one very specific thing and then unfold it from there yeah and that is what magical realism is it has to like you're like i want you to suspend disbelief about one thing not about the whole thing right just one aspect of human nature go yeah like what happens then well, you know, I, I would put it a slightly differently. I think what's interesting about the, the, that element of magical realism is that it actually just changes one thing about, like, the structure of the universe you're a spectator to. What it doesn't really change is human nature. But right. what it can point out is a facet of human nature with s- some degree of nuance that um, tired frameworks can no longer, like, gesture towards or convey or never did. Or just don't, like, do as well anymore. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily about that they can't. They're just not as effective for the current psyche, the current zeitgeist of yeah, yeah. humanity. Right. Which I'm all here for because I'm like, oh, you, like you know, I don't normally like to sit through movies. No, I know. So I'm like, ooh, these are actually pretty good. These are hitting. It's like 2011 all over again. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that, 2013 was a big year for me. Was that, that was was that Nebraska. Nebraska came out that year. Oh, it might have been that, it's 2012, that. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Like when all the Oscar movies were small stories. Yes. We're like doing another kind of thing where it's like another kind of like, hey, this capsule of time is very specific of what's going on you know, internally with a lot of people. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they made mention of the movie Her, which I haven't seen in forever, but they were talking about how fast- Girl, look at fashion. It's everywhere it's, now. It actually came true. Yeah. Like the AI element of it and like the style of the universe is Fucking crazy. basically spot on. And it was supposed to be basically now. Yeah. Which is, which is re- it's really crazy how accurate it was. Hey, Alexa, suck my dick. Like, what is that what we're doing next? I mean, I get Instagram ads all the time for like AI girlfriends that'll send you spicy nudes and stuff. Ew. Yeah. It's already there. Oh. Well. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like the future. Well, let's talk more about the future on the after show, huh? Okay. Okay.